Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. It is uh, a lovely day, a cold day here. So everyone that's listening in the podcast, in the audio-only version, hopefully you are having a warm run or at least staying warm on your run. I ran in the snow today in a park. And um, for most of my run today, I was doing like loops. And there was another guy on like cross country skis and he was doing loops in the opposite direction. And we saw each other like six or seven times. And each time I think that guy was like, this guy's still running. And I was like, this guy's still skiing. So it was pretty funny. We kind of just kept giving each other funny looks. So hopefully if you are in the snow, you're having weird, funny interactions with cross country skiers too. And everyone watching this on YouTube, not live, but later in the day, hopefully dinner cleanup is going well. And uh, you're kicking back and relaxing. All right, let's see who we got in the chat. We've got Energy Runner here. It says, hi, Kofuzi. And it says, hi, Kofuzi, everybody. And Martha's here with a nice wave emoji. Good to see you guys. All right, I'm going to scroll down in the chat, make sure I'm catching up with everyone. But also, I want to hurry up and introduce, because she's sitting here waiting, uh, the planted runner, Claire Bartholik. Um, She is someone that you guys probably know if you guys are podcast junkies it's a voice that i her voice is one that i'm like very familiar with because i've just been listening to the podcast for a little while um and then i recently had a chance to talk to her a little while ago and we brought her in for our happy hours bringing in friends every thursday so here she is without further ado claire what's going on how are you hey i'm doing great thanks for having me yeah thanks for hopping on um how is the weather you're in Asheville. how's the weather down there I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains, and it is gray and rainy as I look out my window. So thank God it's not snow, (laughs) but it's rain. You do. You guys do get snow occasionally, though. We do. We do. We're at about 2,200 feet, so I'm Mm -hmm. in the mountains. Um, Mm -hmm. But so the statistic is 13 inches a year, but we usually get that all at once, and then it melts. Oh, okay. um, but a little bit of snow, but I'm originally from Glen Ellen, Illinois. So okay. I know okay. all about Chicago right. land weather. <laughs> all right. Very cool. Very cool. Now I, cause I knew you weren't originally from Asheville that you moved there at some point. I just couldn't remember where originally that you're mm-hmm. from. I had no idea that it's, uh, pretty close to over here in, in Crystal Lake out in the, in the far suburbs where I am. Yeah. Yeah. How long have I, you been in I've been in Nashville since 2001. So I've been in the South longer than I've been a Yankee. So, okay. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm more Southern than Northern at this point. Okay. Yeah. So I am originally from New Jersey, um, but I've been living in the Midwest. I lived in St. Louis and then now in the Chicago and Chicagoland area since like 2001. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's oh, about like 50, 50 at this point. You know, so yeah, I'm like, I'm exactly. not, can I really call myself an East Coaster anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you, you're <laughs> I, I, used to the central time zone now. You just can't go back. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. All right. We got something in the chat for you here. Energy Runner. I used that um, thumbnail that you have or that photo yeah. that you have that shows all of your different marathon progressions for the thumbnail yeah. live stream. And Energy Runner says, your progression on the thumbnail looks insane. Hope to progress the same way. And it's an amazing progression. Can you tell us, like, go over for people who haven't seen the thumbnail or who are listening, like, what was the progression? And what I want to know is how long did that take for you? 
So it, it took nine marathons. So that was about four and a half years. I did two a year for the most part, um, spring and fall. Um, and yeah, my first marathon was a 402, totally respectable. And then my ninth marathon I did have a DNF. I don't know if that one counts, <laughs> but besides that one, um, my last marathon was 258, but my second to last marathon was three hours and 39 seconds. So oh, okay. I definitely yeah. had a redemption, you know, yeah. run and I had to get that two. you know, it's all mm -hmm. about the sub three. It's not about the three flat. You got to get the sub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, my, I ran a 258 last June for the first time. Um, but the marathon before that was in LA and it was three hours and like 43 seconds. So I know, I know the feeling very, very well. <laughs> yeah. Of it like stings. Being so close. <laughs> it stings, but everybody still cheers you on. You know, they're mm -hmm. like, well, you did it. You got three hours. And I'm like, I, but I got to go back again. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I should have been more specific. I wanted sub three hours. Yes. Three hour. You know, exactly. Marathon. You got to visualize the number you want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. Um, can you tell us like what were, as you were like getting closer, cause you're chopping off big bunches of time. Mm -hmm. And as you're getting closer, like the second to last one was not quite to the sub three. Um, like as you're getting closer, what are some of the last few things that you kind of added or changed, if anything, that got you kind of like past that hump? Yeah. Surprisingly, what really made it click is I actually had to take away what I was doing. So I was, I was doing all the things, you know, I was running 90 miles a week, two speed sessions. I was doing back to back runs. I was doing doubles. I mean, I was doing, I was training like it was my job and mm -hmm. I, it, it got to a point where I was sort of stalling and I'm like, and mentally, I definitely was starting to get a little fried. I'm like, what am I doing? I am working so hard. You know, running is like you, you get what you put out, it, you get out of it, what you put into it. So I'm just like more and more and more. I'm classic type a runner, you know? And at some point I was like, okay, I have to do less. And so I had, I cut down my miles to about 60 or 70 a week, which is still high, but, um, and then I cut that second speed day and, you know, I'd still did track Tuesday, but I cut out most of my tempos. Maybe I did a tempo every other week, but for me, that's what really, you know, pushed me farther was realizing that I was overdoing it. I mean, thankfully I never got injured or, you know, but I was, I, I was at that brink of overtraining and it took actually stepping back and chilling out because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of intense when I want something. <laughs> so I just was like, okay, you know, what I tell my athletes is, Goals are like a bar of soap. The tighter you hold on to them, the easier they <laughs> slip away. And I was gripping that yeah. three hours so tight that I was never going to get it. And when I held it loosely, it all clicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense because I feel like you're just like, well, I have to add something else because I wasn't enough. So something more needs to be added. Right. And sim similarly for me, I don't think that I kite quite put it so succinctly as like, I need to take stuff away. But I was like, I got to stop getting complicated. Like there's a handful of things that my body tends to respond to. Let's double down on those. Let's just keep doing those and do those well. 
and then I don't have to worry like and then like let the rest figure itself out and that's mm-hmm. kind of like the what what happened to me and what was the kind of like the difference in the last couple of builds was like I know what's going to work I just got to like keep doing it until I get it kind of thing. exactly exactly I think it, I think it's similar for me like I I mean fairly high mileage did work for me but mm-hmm. that's only because I ran really slow on my slow days you know mm-hmm. I ran you know 9 30 to 10 30 miles per hour for you know so two to three minutes slower than marathon pace I was you know embraced the jog really slow lots of miles was the vast majority of my training and you know yeah of course I did speed work for sure but but, um, you know, the endurance piece of it was it's what I'm good at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but you're doing all this training also in Asheville though, right? And so yes. it's like such a hilly place that I don't think most people are aware that it's a, a very like difficult place to run. I've, I've run in there, <laughs> I've run there once, like over a weekend. And I was like, wow, no one prepared me for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're mountains. They're not super high mountains, 2,200 feet, you know, but so you still get a little altitude for sure. And we have a great, um, trail system along the river. So you can run about 10 miles along the river. So, you know, you're running back and forth and back and forth to get, yeah. you know, when I was training for Chicago, I just stayed on the river over and over and over again. But I think that also built a lot of strength because my house is on a ridge. And so every run, I, my cool down is uphill every single one, unless I'm doing the little two mile of my Ridge, you know, Mm -hmm. which I do a lot now, but you know, so if I was going for any run, it always ended uphill. So it built some strong legs. (laughs) Awesome. And so like when you, you said you're a coach and you've been coaching people Mm -hmm. for a little while now, Mm -hmm. do you find yourself at like, do you feel like that's what I just, that's what I do now? I just take stuff away from people like (laughs) like, getting in their own way. Well, I mean, I coach people of all abilities. So people from run walk to um, one of, you know, my proudest um, moments is I coached the uh, master's champion. So M50 champion in the marathon. Um, he he just won that last year. So anyway, so I, I coach a really wide variety of people. So some people you really have to just hold back. You have to pull them back and pull them back and pull them back. And other people need a little nut. So it really just kind of depends on, on where you are. But, you know, for me personally, I'm motivation's never been my problem. You know, like I, I always am going for it. So, um, you know, people who aren't quite as motivated, I just, I don't always relate to as much. Um, but the people who are totally motivated to run there, those are my people. (laughs) Very cool. Um, we got Adam in the, uh, in the chat. He's saying like, you mentioned your house is on a ridge. So your cool down is uphill, but your warm up is downhill. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. I think I'd like to have it that I, I would prefer to have it that way. Yeah. The warm up definitely is downhill. So, uh, you know, I, you have to force yourself to keep it slow on the downhills for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't get away from them. <laughs> nice. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the podcast. Cause like mm. I'm, like when I hear your voice, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, wait, am I listening to an ad? Cause your voice is, is like very crisp whenever it comes through. And I'm like, it sounds very professional. Like this sounds like someone that's had like voice, uh, training. Um, have you ever had any of that kind of training or this is just, you just start talking and it sounds like a, a radio ad. 
Oh, well, thank you. No, I mean, I I guess I did take voice lessons as okay. a kid, but not not to speaking. I mean, I was on the debate team and did stuff like that, okay. but nothing professional in podcasting. But before this, before my own podcast, I was the host of the Run to the Top podcast for two and a half years. And um, then they had a smaller podcast before that. So I've been podcasting for, you know, five or six years at this point. And um, now the Planted Runner is my, my own baby. And I do that uh, full time now. So that uh, just came out in August. And, and yeah, this is my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I listened recently heard the, um, the podcast that you did with Lauren Fleshman. Mm, that was a yeah. really good one. And I was it was um, I sometimes I find like your voice very distracting because I'm like, this voice just sounds so like like it sounds so like it sounds like a radio announcer. You know what I mean? Not like, mm -hmm. in a, like hey, you're turning into 93. <laughs> Not like that. But I'm just like, sound, it just sounds so, so professional. So I'm like, she must have had some sort of training because it just sounds great. Well, I mean, to be fair, I do practice and like the okay. style of my show is very professional, you know, like I um, don't just wing it, you know, I okay. mean, I wing it when I'm interviewing, like I, we have normal conversations like we're having now, but I do a lot of solo shows where mm -hmm. I give coaching advice and you know, I don't like it when I say the ums and ahs and mess up the technical. I, I, you know, when I'm listening, I want to hear something polished. And that's so that is my style. I, I, I make what I like to listen to. And I really enjoy like somebody who takes the time to really well, you know, prepare what they're going to say instead of just winging it. So when I do interviews like this, it's totally fun because I can just, you know, be goofy or just, you know, mm -hmm. laugh and be myself. Whereas normally, you know, I do really want to convey, um, you know, what my message in a certain way, it's kind of like, you know, in high school, you learned the, the five paragraph essay, you know, like the, the start, the middle and the end, like that's always in my mind when I'm scripting a podcast, I really want to take the runner who's listening on a journey and I want them to be a better runner at the end of that episode. So I do take a lot of time to, to make it sound that way. Awesome. I, I mean, it shows, it definitely shows. And related to that, somewhat related to that, Oki has a question for, I think both of us, what kind of microphones are you using? I'm using a Shure. I don't, I didn't remember what it was, but Calvin remembered. He's like, Kafu's using a Shure MB7. And I think that sounds right. Um, yeah. But what, you know what you're using? Yeah. Mine is Audio-Technica. So mm -hmm. um, AT, I don't know, 2005, something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Are you really, get, do you really get into the tech or you're like, I bought a microphone a while ago and it works? <laughs> Well, thankfully, I have help with audio, okay. so I don't edit my podcast. I actually mm -hmm. do a podcast for my athletes, a private podcast that I edit mm -hmm. myself, but the the real podcast is edited for me, and so um, shout out to Jeremy if you're listening. So he um, recommends things to me. So he's oh, okay. like, you need this one. You need to get a, the, you know, this kind or that kind. So I, I do get into a little bit, but once I've got something, I want it to work forever. Like I don't go and keep researching. I'm just like, okay, this sounds good. Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, there's sometimes where I'm l definitely like that with the microphones. I'm like, I don't know. I'll buy, buy one that works. And once it works, I'll just buy another one. So that way, when this one breaks, I'll have another one if it mm -hmm. breaks, you know, but then there's other things where I'm constantly like, all right, this is great. Now what's the next thing that I might want to get in a little while from now. But so it kind of, kind of 
just I don't know. I don't know exactly when it depends, but it depends. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few. So what I have learned, (laughs) though, is that it's not actually so much your microphone. I mean, a good microphone helps, but Mm -hmm. it's where you your voice is like I sound different like this and I sound different like that. It's it's positioning and it's learning all of that kind of stuff, like how you hold like I sound different when I do this. And, you know, and it's like your background. So there's so much more to it than just your microphone especially for podcasting because you know we're in people's ears they listen to us very close it's like we're whispering in their ears so it's got to really sound good all right very cool um and then you mentioned like social media and i know you have like Mm -hmm. your your uh planted runner instagram feed but Mm -hmm. like i'm always curious like when because i i would consider you like i don't want to put you in a box but i would kind of consider you like kind of podcaster first like I'm more like YouTube first and like I'm also Mm -hmm. on Instagram and you know we have these live streams and stuff like that so I'm in other spaces too but like I'm always curious like when pot like what are what is your relationship kind of as a podcaster with like social media at large how would you describe it So, yeah, I would love to say that I'm a podcaster first because that is definitely where my heart is, but I spend a lot of time on Instagram too. (laughs) So um, Instagram, you know, I I started last year with 3,000 followers and now I have 42,000 followers. So, you know, big, a big, um, increase in one year and I'm hoping obviously to keep growing and it's not necessarily so much for that number that, you know, the vanity metrics, I I want to have a community to talk to and to Mm -hmm. help and to motivate and share my knowledge with. So, um, getting bigger on Instagram is a priority for me. And, um, we've just started putting the podcast on YouTube. So that is a whole different beast. You know, (laughs) I'm, I'm a baby on YouTube. So just trying to learn how to do that. But I love the, the concept of, of YouTube being, it's such a big platform and it's easier for people to discover you. If, If you have a podcast and that's it, it's really hard to, you know, get to bigger audiences because podcasting is limited as far as discoverability. So, so Instagram and hopefully eventually YouTube are, are ways that I can, um, branch out. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I am I'm, I'm on there a lot for, to, for researchers. You know what I'll tell my family? I'm like, well, I gotta know what people are running in. I gotta know what people are yeah. doing, you know, that kind of thing. But then I'm, I'll just find myself going down like a rabbit hole and cause I, I like to make reels. And so like, I try to find other genres to draw inspiration from. And so it's like, I will go down just kind of like these weird sub genres of Instagram. And I'm like, after an hour, I'm like, that was a long trip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm on, I'm on Instagram and I obviously get a lot of running content, but I also (laughs) like plants, you know, I got (laughs) so like, I I'm like plants and like furniture flips, even though I don't flip furniture. I just, I watch before and after you know, so I don't know what Instagram thinks of me, you know, because it's not all running and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's running in plants. So maybe it's got me right. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like it either is very confused as to who you are or knows you better than you know you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. We got a question from Jody that says, Your podcast has been so successful. Have you ever thought of moving and teaching very low numbers of female running YouTubers? So, Jody doesn't know that you have just started 
Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Because I've had a hard time with like, I don't know if podcasts really work on YouTube because like it's very different than like the eight minute videos that I make, you know? So I'm just like, I'm yeah. So, you know, again, I just started like last fall. So, you know, the first the first step certainly is putting the podcast on YouTube. Um, but again, I don't think that that's everything either. You know, I do have somebody help me make it more interesting and do the editing and add some B-roll. So it's a little spicier. And, you know, YouTube says that they're going to be supporting podcasting a little bit more. I, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think think that there is a huge opportunity. And so I actually pulled my audience just last week and I'm like, what do you guys want me to make? What do you want? Do you want more marathon information? Do you want more plant-based stuff? Do you want more of this, that? And they honestly want more strength for runners stuff in which I'm actually making. So I'm glad that that was already validated. So that's, that's kind of the goal is to um, start some of that creates, you know, a package of videos release them every once in a while, you know, to, cause there is not a whole lot of strength for runner stuff out there. There's a few, but there's not anything that's like really dedicated to that. And so I preach it all the time. I do it myself. It's might as well just make it, you know, right. I think that will do really well. Um, do you think that, cause I see like strength for runners being very popular both on Instagram and on YouTube too. Do you think it's popular because it's a, here's why I think it's popular. I think it's popular because runners love to procrastinate doing their strength work or just to not do their strength work. But if you watch a couple of videos and you can be like, well, mentally, I'll just file that away for later and I'll do it before my next workout that like qualifies as like kind of a nice way of not doing it. That's my Yeah, favorite. I think well, I mean, I think runners have the have good intentions, of course, <laughs> to strength train. <laughs> but I think they really just want to do like 10 minutes after their cool down or they want to do 15 minutes here. They don't want to mm -hmm. spend an hour in a gym. They want I mean, half an hour tops is is pretty much what you'll get out of a mm -hmm. runner. So, if they have a a follow along video, they have their phone, they can just set the phone down. They don't have to think cuz their brains are fried at the end of the run, you know, they don't want to have to decide which workout to do or which exercises to do. So I think a follow along thing could be really okay. helpful. And, um, and I think they're popular because people watch them over and over again. Yeah. So, you know, the same people are like, Oh, I love that. I don't know, core video. And so they'll watch it 10 times, which you're not going to do to a podcast video. That's true. That's true. Um, I could, I could use a follow along. I like I've had like do strength work as like a new year's running resolution every year for like the last four years in a row. Yeah. Although this year or at the end of last year, I finally bought a weight. I bought one. I bought one kettlebell. So I feel like uh, that's a, that's progress. Yeah. That's a lot of progress for me. Do you, do you actually lift it up and put it back down or sometimes, sometimes it's mostly sits over there by the, by the bike trainer, but uh, I have it. And like, I feel like that's a step. I mean, I do yeah. like, I do body weight mobility work and that's been like really important for me. I developed like a runner's knee issue a couple of years ago and I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I have really terrible balance. I got to figure something out. And so I've been yeah. doing that regularly and I finally got that to be a routine. And that took a long time to kind of figure out. 
it was just so annoying. I'm like, I could have run like an extra <laughs> mile today if I didn't do this. You know, it's always yes. like, you know, it always feels like a zero sum trade off. Um, but eventually that be- has become a habit. And I'm like, all right, well, it's in the house now. Mm-hmm. Step one. You know, hopefully you it won't take another four years to get to like step two, but you know, well, well I'm, I'm trying, but I think a follow along video, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I don't know. So there's, I think there's a lot of opportunities on YouTube mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I, I'm doing a lot already, so I'm trying to not spread myself too thin, but I think the first step, you know, getting the podcast on there, you know, making the shorts, doing all of that, and then actually creating a series that, that people are waiting for, you know, that, oh, that one was cool. I'll do another one. That's, you know, one of those, a series that people can follow along the journey, I think, um, can be really compelling if it's done right. So we'll see. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Let's move on to kind of like the next topic that kind of I had set out for today. And let's talk about this book that you put out, The Planted Runner. I you know, when you were, gonna, yeah, well, you know what? I think it was like your publisher. Someone emailed me and was like, would you like a PDF? And I was like, sure, you can send one. But I also wanted to have a physical copy. So I made sure I ordered one. Uh, very excited about it. Tell us uh, about the book. Like, what can you give us like a brief synopsis? Who's it for? What's it about? Yeah. So the planted runner is running your best on plant-based nutrition. So it is a running book for plant-based runners, not the other way around. If you're not a runner, this probably isn't the one for you. (laughs) And it's basically how to fuel your running, how to get started with running, um, how to be an endurance runner that's well-fueled, that doesn't eat, you know, meat or dairy. Um, and the one thing I always want to say is that I'm not like some plant-based evangelist. I don't, you know, you do you, um, this works for me. And so I talk about, uh, basic nutrition. I am a sports nutrition specialist, but I am not a registered dietitian. So if you need like absolute perfect macro counts or or meal plans, you should go to an RD for that. But this lays out the basics of how you can feel yourself well and train really well to um, become the best runner that you want to be. So it's a it's a book that you don't necessarily have to read page one to page 250. You can bounce around and you can see what chapters work for you. So it's, uh, you know, training, recovery, weights, stretching, foam rolling, all that good stuff. It's basically a collection of everything that I've been preaching and writing for years about all in one book. Nice. Nice. You know, and people in the chat, they think I'm not like reading the chat today, but uh, I'm keeping an eye on it. And Stevie 76 is teasing me because he knows that (laughs) I fall asleep very easily with, with written books. He says, I read the first page and then I fall asleep, which is not wrong, but it's not exactly true. I've gotten past page one of the book. I, I'm a huge audiobook fan. And so like I'll consume yes. audiobooks like because I, you know, I'm out there running like 10 hours, 11 hours a week. So I got plenty of time to to read, you know, mm-hmm. airplane. Um, but like physical books are are, are challenging for me because I usually only read them in bed. And then I'm already like, you know, I'm laying down end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should record it for an audiobook. You know, it it never even crossed my mind and my publisher didn't ask me, you know. And now people are like, Oh, you have the voice. Why why don't you make it an audiobook? And I was like, Well, I didn't think about that. I don't know how that how I do that, but I probably could. (laughs) Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Like I I've 
only bought like two books. I went to law school and that ruined like reading for ah. me. And so uh, since then, I've, I think I've bought two books since graduating from law school in 2008. I bought a couple of cookbooks. That's about, that, I don't think that really counts though. And the other <laughs> one is not from my friend, Ryan Van Duzer, who's a YouTuber, Bicycle Adventures. And I was like, Ryan, I'm very excited to support you on your book, but can you please make an audiobook version? Cause I won't read it. He's like, uh, he's like, well, maybe I'll sit down in front of a camera one day and just read it from front to end. I was like, okay, I guess I'll buy, I'll just buy the book and I'll try to read it. But I have the same problem where I like, I, I read it a little bit and then, I, and then I fall asleep. So mm -hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying, but I've gotten, I got, well, don't tell Ryan, but I've gotten further in your book than I've gotten in Ryan's book. So far. well, I'll take that as a compliment. So thank you. <laughs> um, Calvin also teasing me saying, Kofuzi has yet to cross the finish line of a book without sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they love to give me a little bit of a hard time that's great it's, um, but, they all seem to know each other look at everybody just chatting with each other back and forth like they're old friends it's great yeah it's a good group in here um here's where here's one thing that i'll share from the book that i feel like i think that you won't get this here's the here's where i'm like you got here's where you got to buy the paper book copy one thing that I love is in the beginning, you, you've got the blurbs that are people are doing blurbers for you. Yeah. And so like we got Matt Fitzgerald, Megan and David Roche to do one in here. And I thought I saw it's not in the printed version, but I thought I saw was it Alex Hutchinson did one. Yes. Yes. Cool. He, his review was uh, too late for publishing, but okay. it's on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then I was like, I'm looking through. I'm like, who else do I know that's in here? And then on the second page of them, there's one by Aaron Azar. Yes. So Mrs. Cadet did one too. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Yes, Miss Space Cadet. <laughs> here, here's my question. So it says here. So she writes her blurb talking about how great the book is, and then it says, "Aaron Azar, comma humorist, running advocate, and social media superstar." Yeah. Did you write that, or did she write that? Like, who who picked that? I type? can't remember if I wrote that. <laughs> my editor might have might have put that in. Maybe I. I don't think I used the word humorist. I might have said social media superstar because she is. Yeah. She yeah, really she is. is. Um, because I'm just like, I have a hard time figuring out, like people are like, give me a bio or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I run a lot. Like, I, what, I don't know what to say. You're too modest. And so I, uh, yeah, oh, thank you. But I always tell people like, I don't know, you, you put something in. I'm like YouTuber influencer. Like, I don't know. People are like, you really want me to write influencer? I'm like, ah, it's a good shorthand. Yeah. I recorded the intro for you coming on my show next week. And I think <laughs> I called you an accidental influencer, <laughs> accidental like running influencer. Go. <laughs> yeah oh that's so just funny. happened you know you ran into it haha -ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny um but how how so the book just just came out like earlier yeah it just came out um the beginning of january but mm -hmm. it's been like years in the making mm -hmm. i actually signed my book contract at the end of 2020 and okay. so it's just like I've almost forgotten about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I wrote a book. <laughs> there was just delays, you know, with the pandemic and shipping mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, when is this book ever going to come out? You know, I need to, like, do other things. And yeah. and now it's here. So it's great. Um, do you feel like so, like, if I looked at it, like when I go back and I see videos and I think YouTube videos are created in a very different way than like a book is created. Mm -hmm. Like when I watch a video from like late 2020, I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be identified by like my past work. It feels cringy. Sometimes. Do you feel that when, cause I feel like I would feel that like if I wrote a, like a book or something where I like looked at something I'd created on paper, like three year or two years later, 
How do you, you feel? know, there are a few little sections that maybe I feel that way, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like I wrote it and then put it aside. And then when I read it, it's like it's somebody else wrote it. And I'm like, huh, this is pretty good. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but there's a couple of them where I don't know, I talk about the 5k and whoever had the 5k record back in 2020, you know, like records oh. have been broken. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's things like that, that I wish I just left out because mm -hmm. they kind of date me, you know, mm -hmm. and so they're like, the records aren't real anymore. So mm -hmm. there's a few like, you know, things like that, but, but overall my style, I feel of writing is still kind of the same. So mm -hmm. most of it, I'm still pretty happy with, but, but yeah, there, there was actually some things that we were going to add in there at the end that, um, were kind of more timely that at the last minute we cut out. And I'm really glad because mm -hmm. they would have been really great if it came out in 2021, but now it's 2023. And so they didn't make so much sense. So I'm glad we, we did some edits, but overall, you know, I am really proud and happy that I did it and I would never, ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> writing a book is so hard and is so stressful and it's so just like, ah, you know, and it's like staring at the blank screen kind of thing a lot because, you know, my background is writing blog posts because I've, I've been blogging for a long time. So it's like, you know, it's like being a sprinter and then trying to run a marathon, you know, mm -hmm. like it's just so overwhelming. So I would not recommend <laughs> <laughs> writing a book if you can help it <laughs> i will not be doing it again <laughs> I, I wrote a book would not recommend doing that yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, how long did it take to get from like when you like felt like it was done mm -hmm. to like when it was like really done because i know that there's like after that you submit it then there'll probably be some edits some revisions like right. this, let's cut this add that like what was that time frame like that was probably six months. So oh, right. when I when I turned it in, it was mm -hmm. September 2021. And then March of the following year is when we went back and really edited it and fine tuned it and stuff like that. So, you know, it, if you're self-published, this whole process goes a lot faster, I've heard. But because I was working with a company, you know, I'm kind of on their schedule a lot. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it goes to it goes to the editor, but then it goes to the copy editor. And, and there's several layers of people that are looking at it. So um, a lot of it's out of my hands. But, you know, that was an amazing day in September when I was just like, here you go. Take it. I don't want to look at it ever again. And then to see it back in March when I had to like, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, God, you again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to pick pictures and and, you know. And, and do a few other things and move things around, that kind of thing. But I'm very thankful that I had other eyes on it because, you know, when you're really close to your own work, you kind of don't know if it's good or bad. You're just like, I don't know. And so thankfully, I had a couple of, um, of layers of people that helped sort things out, which was helpful. Nice, nice. Um, before, I, before I let you go, one of the things I do want to circle back on is, mm -hmm. you know, as a planted runner, mm -hmm. Um, you were plant-based before you started running, 
right? Yeah, but just by a few months. So I had, you know, made the leap and, you know, was just like, I, you know, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So I just was like, I'm going to go plant based. And I did. Mm -hmm. And I never looked back. You know, I, most people should probably ease into it. (laughs) But I was just like, I'm jumping in the deep end of the pool. And, um, but then I started running, I don't know, three or four months later. So I don't have this like, you know, magic story where I say, I had a terrible time running and then I went plant-based and it was a miracle. I mean, it's no, and my story is not like that at all, Mm -hmm. but, um, I did never get injured, you know, in nine marathons. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive. I don't know if it was the plants or the strength training or just genetics or luck, whatever it was, but, but yeah, so I was plant-based first and then I really had to dial it in to be able Mm -hmm. to eat enough to race marathons. Well, and then with your running, did you have a history of running before then? Or you're just like, one day I'm like, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I had a couple of fits and starts. So yeah. in high school, um, I wanted to do this outward bound course, which is like an outdoor adventure course thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad had done it. And he's like, well, you know, you have to run a marathon to do or a half marathon to do that. And so I trained all summer. I had my my Walkman with this Top Gun soundtrack. And, you know, I went out. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and trained and, you know, I didn't have a training plan. I just went out yeah. and ran. I didn't know what I was doing. And when I got there, I did the half marathon and I ended up beating all the boys. So I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. maybe I'm pretty good at that. Tried out for track, raced one meet, got last place and then quit. And then, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, this isn't for me, you know? <laughs> and then in my twenties, I had a breakup and did a half marathon, but then mm-hmm. got back together with the guy and ended up marrying him. Long story. <laughs> and, um, and I quit running after that. So it wasn't until my high school reunion was coming and I was like, you know, I need to get in shape. I should go for a run. I know mm. that running's the best way to get in shape. It's simple. I can just do it. And I, I hated it. Oh my God. I hated it. Hated running for like a year. And then mm. the and then the reunion came and went and I was like in great shape. And I'm like, well, I gotta run that half marathon again. And I ran the same half marathon that I did in my 20s and, you know, beat my time by, I don't know, six minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I should. I don't know. Let maybe I should run the Boston Marathon. I, you know, I didn't know mm-hmm. that you needed to like, you know, run a fast time to run the Boston Marathon. I just thought you could just do that. No. So I started training for marathons. Didn't make it at my first one because I chose Asheville as my first marathon. So it was hilly and cold and rainy. <laughs> but I did uh, BQ at my second marathon, and then I was absolutely hooked. Nice. Where was the second marathon at? The second one was one of those revel ones. So it was okay. big cottonwood. So it was just like okay. barreling down a mountain. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love a good downhill race. I ran the light at the end of the tunnel marathon. It's not a rebel oh, yeah. race, but it's one in like outside of Seattle that a lot of yeah. people do. It's like 2000 feet of downhill, but it's yeah. super gradual. So it's just like all usable for me. Like the only kind of downhill I don't like is the kind that you have to like slow yourself down because it's too steep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is such a waste of good downhill. Yeah. We, we could have leveled this out and I could have had more downhill for a longer time. Yeah. I think big cottonwood is something like 4,000 feet of loss. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot, mm-hmm. but then there's like this flat part at the end. And after all that downhill, it's like, it's a brick wall, you know, yeah, yeah. it's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. it's like, the, it, it feels terrible. But I, mm-hmm. I squeaked by on that one. And okay. then I didn't choose such, such 
hard downhill races. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go running with Oliver said Kofosi for his first BQ at a downhill. Yeah. That was me that, that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but I got, you know, I like, I was like, Oh, I think, I think if I have 2000 feet of downhill, I might be able to squeak under, I needed 310 at the time. And mm -hmm. I got a lot, of, I, I, I surprised myself. I was able to get a little bit more than that underneath. So I was like, okay, so, you know, I, I feel okay about this. Yeah. yeah. And you know, those rebel races, not everybody is good at them or not everybody trains mm -hmm. well for them. You know, a yeah. lot of people completely blow up. I was talking to somebody at the end who was like a really, really strong runner. And he just had a terrible time with it, you know, just trashed his quads. And he's like, this is harder than, you know, they, they sell it to be you know, sure. the really yeah. steep ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that it could backfire really mm -hmm. easily for some people. Uh, Martha says that for her downhill for her first BQ was same as co. I think she went to the light at the end of the tunnel, the same race. Um, it was for her first marathon and she got a BQ, but to prove it wasn't cheating, I keep BQing in Boston. So since, since she's gone, I feel like that's like the double stamp, you know, like if yeah. you can go to and, and get your BQ on that challenging course, I feel like that's like extra, extra hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as downhill racing, you know, and not, not being cheating or whatever, it's still 26.2 miles. You still got to run it all. I, th I think, you know, if you can do that and, and meet the time, you're awesome. Like, I, I don't, I don't see it as cheating at all, but I hear you. I, I, it's fun to, it's fun to get it on tougher courses too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before I let you go, we got a question from Adam mm -hmm. for you. Um, how do you deal with like anemia or like getting enough iron? Yeah, well, so Runners are at risk uh, for anemia. Runners, people who menstruate and people who are plant-based are at a higher risk of anemia. I actually had anemia before I started running, before I was plant-based, when I was uh, pregnant with my second child. So it is something that is kind of in my history anyway, but I um, learned to uh, deal with it. So I, I did take uh, iron pills with folic acid and vitamin C for a while to get back on track. But there are still lots of ways to get iron in a plant-based diet. Um, you just have to pay attention to it. I think even if you're not plant-based, I think you should be paying attention to your diet. Plenty of omnivore runners um, deal with low iron, low ferritin. It's not just vegan and vegetarian runners, but yes, it is less prevalent in um, plant-based foods. So you just have to have it more on your radar. And there's nothing wrong with supplementing if you've been tested as having low iron or low ferritin or anemia. Um, because iron is toxic at, uh, for certain people and at higher levels. So you definitely don't just want to preventatively supplement. You need to get a blood test. Uh, yeah. Cause you, I don't know if you remember, like, was it Camille Heron said she had actually had too much iron and it was really affecting her performance. And then she stopped taking. Oh, some... I didn't hear that. Wow. Yeah. yeah so that's interesting. Was, I don't know if she was working with like inside tracker, like as a, mm -hmm. a sponsor situation or what, but she was like, at one point. I realized I was getting too much iron or she wasn't releasing enough of it yeah. uh, from the system in like a normal way. I don't know if her body processes it different, but she was Probably. like, it was as bad for me as if I had been like low in iron. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't like to do that. So mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, I guess I shouldn't just 
pop like an iron supplement or anything like that. No, definitely yeah. not. I mean, there are ways. To, I mean, the, I see B12 is coming up in the chat. Um, mm -hmm. B12 is actually super safe to take, even if you don't okay. have a low, um, you know, B12 level. Again, omnivores are low in B12 too. So I recommend that anybody who is um, vegan or vegetarian, they should supplement with B12. And it's not that it's, you know, B12 comes from bacteria in the soil. It's not that it's from animals. It just gets concentrated in animal meat. And because farming, you know, industrial farming has depleted our soil of um, the bacteria that makes B12, we don't have it as much in our meat and we don't have it as much in our plants. So um, it's super safe. It's super cheap. You, if you take too much, you just pee it out. It's not like toxic like iron is. So it's probably a good idea for most people to um, check their B12 or just go ahead and take it. All right. Very cool. All right. I, won't, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with us on our happy hour Thursdays. Of course. Um, can you let everybody know where to find you for like, especially for people who are listening and might not have like uh, all the links down below in the description? Yeah, I mean, I'm on, I'm the Planted Runner everywhere. So the Planted Runner podcast, uh, the Planted Runner on Instagram and on YouTube. And I also have a free fueling guide if anybody is interested on what to eat before, during and after your run. And you can get that at theplantedrunner.com slash join, J-O-I-N. All right. Thanks so much. Martha says, thanks, Planted Runner. And I'll let Martha speak for all of us. She's one of the regulars here. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Tomorrow, we'll do another live stream. Same time as today, 1 p.m. Central Time. Thanks, Claire. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Until I see you guys again, be safe out there, everybody. Bye.